Hey guys, TMG Podcast episode one eight eight. This is Carlos, and with me is Miggy. Hello oh, Migs, God, yeah, Migs, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not used to it yet. <laughs> um, I mean, we're two episodes in, Ma- dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my fault. Matt, Matt is also with us. Hello. Yeah, and yeah, this is this is a podcast about video games, and yeah, if you guys listen to the previous ones, I'm just used to having Miggy around. Miggy's still here, you know, it's still part of the that It's just not with us in the podcast right now. Yep. And we just so happen to have like two Miguels. I mean, you could pretend three. I was a Migoy. Or four. It is I, Migoy. Mickey. <laughs> I, I like. I say good. Mickey. I like Migoy is a whole different. I like yeah. Nier Automata and Transformers. You do like Nier Automata and Transformers, mm-hmm. even you know. Though- you know, Mc- you know my dream. My dream is to get a third Miguel on, 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 oh, in come uh, on. too much gaming. <laughs> That's too much now. <laughs> Can it happen? Will it happen? We're on a roll. So I, you know, yeah. I, I just want to be in a situation where you know, like, we show up at a convention or whatever. And, like, we're, we're lining up for like a media event, and we're like, you're gonna have to met. You're gonna have to mess with Migs, 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 and me. <laughs> <laughs> That's now my goal. Because, you know, we got one, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a podcast with just at least three Miguels. Mm-hmm. Guess who they are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, what, what is this? April 14, and, oh my god, we got, we got, we got Respawn Entertainment, and we're going to start off with that, because we got footage of them doing a Star Wars game. They got, they're doing a game that is not yep. Apex Legends. They got a game that is... Um, it kind of makes sense. Like you know, we have like episode nine coming out this year. Is it? Mm-hmm. This December. And... I, just, I just I just want to take this moment to say the legends are true, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> they're I mean, all. Tr- they were Wait, teasing this a bit last year, also that they are making and developing a Star Wars game, and now it's it's the week that they revealed the trailer for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yep, that was this morning actually. Well, yeah. this morning, this morning for us here in, in you know where where we are, but uh, that was I think afternoon or evening for the North America. Uh, yeah, it's like I, a story trailer. Yeah, it's a story mm-hmm. trailer. Mm-mm. And um, no, I, what, I, what I, reason why I mentioned uh, episode nine a while ago is because the, it's coming out this year, right? Yep. Yep. This that's December. right. December. It kind of makes sense that you know EA would have like just like any other like episodes. I think seven and eight they had an EA game like a you know a game from EA like Battlefront I, two. You know what I mean? I like and, to joke that I like to joke that you know EA what? you know to your point, EA, uh, Disney is like look okay we're putting out the last film in the sequel trilogy. You know we better have a really awesome you know story single player game now because like it's been how many years. Let, let's get this done, folks. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it's it's already um we got a trailer. Um yeah, Matt, let us know what it's pretty much a very detailed trailer. It's actually it's kind of it feels promising. It looks promising rather. And yeah, what 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 we know so far about this respawn entertainment Star Wars so, game. So yeah, well it was it wasn't that much of a heavy look. Uh like you said, it was a story trailer, and I'm kinda glad I didn't stay up late. Just to watch it, <laughs> right? <laughs> I thought you did. Because I, 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 when, when I woke up, I'm like, oh, trainers. Oh, wait, we have a post. Mm. Okay. Well, I usually wake up at about <laughs> six, in the, six in the morning, so that's enough time to wham bam something together for you before you wake up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I woke up at eleven. But yeah. But okay, anyway, we'll, we'll, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. 
Um, it's going to be according to Respawn. They really, really like tried to sell this like repeatedly as a single-player story experience with no multiplayer or microtransactions. <laughs> they said it. I like how they yeah, have to microtransactions. say microtransactions, though. Yeah. They, they covered everything in one sentence. Okay, like <laughs> you know, you don't like microtransactions; they're not in there. Yeah. You like single-player; it's in there. You don't want multiplayer; it's not in there. You want a story; it's in there. Duh. That's that's what that's what that's how Respawn Entertainment uh, did Apex Legends. Like they were saying, like yeah, we have like loot boxes in our game, in our free to play game. Mm-hmm. We get it. You hate it, but we would like the model. Yeah. Also, here's the here's the chance sheet that everybody wants. Dude, you don't have to touch it. And then you know it's very transparent. No one's giving them shit for loot boxes, by the way. Loot boxes. Mm-hmm. And you know. So yeah, it's pretty cool that they're very transparent. And this is after, wait, I don't even know the setting of this new game, but it's definitely okay. in between. I don't know. Yeah, Matt, tell us more it's about uh, what Jedi Fallen Order is about, like story-wise. They... I know this hardly means anything in the age of everybody loves Star Wars, but as you already know, I am a massive Star Wars nerd. Oh yeah. And just like um, 90% of the country. Yeah. So Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will take place after Episode 3, The Revenge of the Sith. It's sort of basically taking place in that time between the rise of the Empire and the time oh, of the okay. old movies when, you know, when Luke and everybody like, you know, get together with a rebellion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you will be playing Cal Kestis, which is, uh, he's a Jedi Padawan. Not an who's... exercise program. <laughs> yeah, <you're... laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's a Jedi Padawan who survived uh, the orders, Order 66, uh, basically the order to execute all Jedi. Uh, and yeah, he's uh, the, the story trailer kind of lays this out. He's on the run, but he's also like trying to make ends meet by doing construction work and working in the shipyards, keep a low profile. Mm-hmm. You know, he even says stuff like, you know, uh, don't stand out, accept the past and trust no one, you know, kind of like. You know, he's incognito and right but by the end by halfway through the trailer he sort of rescues someone using his force powers and that brings him to the attention of the empire and uh according to respawn you'll be playing that character uh in a game that focuses on <clears throat> on, on third person melee combat mm-hmm so this is the third person. That's, I don't, this is their first. This could be their first third person. Assistant. Yeah, I thought this was a yeah. first person um, thing since it's it's respawn entertainment. So it's actually third person. Interesting. Yeah, uh, third person and uh, melee combat, and they're calling it internally. They call it thoughtful combat. That's what they're calling it inside the studio, in mm. a sense that um, you'll be using your powers. And your and your abilities and your attack maneuvers like with your lightsaber to like really exploit the weaknesses of your enemies. Uh-huh. So that's going to be a thing trying to combat combine the uh, all that stuff. And I feel like that sounds like it's really up response alley. Like while they've been focusing on single player on sorry single player <coughs> on multiplayer first person shooters for a while, that mm-hmm. thing about having a lot of momentum and like punching people while also like shooting them down all that stuff like. That sounds really like, like if you play Titanfall two or t- even Titanfall one, the pilot is pretty much cl- as close as that universe can get to having a Jedi. Yeah, that's true, and you right? can also see shades right. of Titanfall in the trailer when like like there's one scene in the trailer where 
uh, uh, calisthenics or cal calisthenics were actually uh, wall running in in one scene where where some of the stormtroopers are actually like, firing at him, and and the same animation of the wall running from Titanfall is being used, I think. <laughs> oh, you're right. right. I totally forgot they did the, they, they did a wall climbing. Like, wow, they man, I rewound Titanfall three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's happening. I'm sure it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, but it's, that's really all. What else do we got here? Like this. This is a. This is actually a pretty exciting stuff to actually have. What looks like a legit like this is gonna be a great game to you know do to get excited for. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we didn't get any real gameplay footage. It's all like. Yeah, we don't have know, that. Since, yeah. There's all cinematically communicated stuff, but you know, I'm still. Uh, pretty excited based on the pedigree of, of Respawn Entertainment uh, when we talked about them in the podcast before like you know they don't exactly have a long and storied library of games they've made but everything they've made is good and they do they do have like the, like the people who work on Respawn are former alumni of Call of Duty's studio Infinite, Infinity Ward yeah, yeah Infinity Ward yeah. so there's that kind of like reputation going for them um, and it's interesting that all of these things are coming together. Oh, by the way, it's using the Unreal Engine and not the Frostbite Engine. Good for them. That's respawn. Did they? For you. Did, did they also? Did they also just like blurted it out that we're not using the Frostbite Engine? <laughs> and they just... Did they? Did they like uh, share that on the marketing presentation? That nope, no. It's, it's <laughs> no in the. It's in there. the press. It's definitely in the press release. It's, I'm not sure if it was actually mentioned on the panel because I didn't get to watch the entire live stream. Damn. Yeah, because because if I, if I was in the marketing team for EA, I was like, do not like make heavy emphasis that we're not using the frostbite because <laughs> we're because we're getting a shit start right now with our with our frostbite. I mean, mm-hmm. I think respawn has never ever used that uh, that platform, anyways, during their past games yeah. like in Apex Legends or in their Titanfall games. It's always Unreal or uh, Source Engine. Yes, yeah, uh, Source Engine. Uh, that's the technology that currently powers. Well, not currently. It powered Half Life Two. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's uh, proven to be an engine that isn't really used by uh, that many big AAA games. But uh, whenever it does get used, it seems to be a very flexible and powerful toolkit, mm-hmm. as shown in right. Titanfall. So, mm, yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. That's good. I'm... In fact, what are your? What I are assume your hopes it was going to be a source engine. I'm sorry, Carlos. What is it? No, no, I mean, like, with this... No, it's just moving a bit forward. Like, um, with this new Star Wars game, we have a lot of, like, cancellations of, like, Star Wars titles, like, you know, from Visceral Games and and whatnot. Do you think this is coming in line and, like, this is their... That's what we can expect from, well, Jedi, from this game? We hope so, because th- this was set to come out at November, right? And honest, yep. uh, honestly, based on the trailer alone, I'm I'm kind of like in for it. Like I'm I'm genuinely excited about this one. Uh, Respawn Entertainment hasn't done that much wrong during their past games. Like everything I played from Respawn's actually good. And it's a Star Wars game, and it kind of um, it's kind of reminiscent of the old uh, Jedi Outcast or Jedi Academy games that. Lucas Arts made uh, before, like it's a third-person uh, Star Wars game where you play as a Jedi. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited about this one. 
and this is a this is a Padawan, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a little bit a little bit aware. Um, this could be cool, then. Which yeah. I guess we'll see him progress. <laughs> Actually, I well, I've, I've I've talked to Matt uh, the same time that I think during the morning where where the trailer got out. <laughs> I was joking to Matt that uh, do you think that during episode three, when Anakin visited the younglings and he's about to kill all of them, is that one youngling actually got out of that ordeal and it's and it was Cal yes this but Matt uh, pointed out that it was he like it's too much of a youngling to be Cal yeah like the characters yeah. would be too young to be mm-hmm. Cal because they're only a, there are only 19 years between uh, episode 3 and episode 4 so if, 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 if there was a 5 year old who got away from Anakin he'd only be like what Fifteen, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe twelve or something. By the time uh, we pick up with Jedi Fallen Order, I would be like laughing my ass off if that happened. Like if that's mm-hmm. the actual case, where the ones who greeted Anakin were actually Cal, like that wee boy. Mm. <laughs> but you know, so so I have two things. I have two big takeaways from uh, this announcement, which sort of like fall in line with a lot of the speculation. I've been sharing over social media, mm-hmm. which is that first of all, <clears throat> this is this is a hail mary pass. This is like a last gambit for for EA and for Star Wars because oh as, yes, <clears throat> everyone knows uh, EA has not fared the best with bringing the Star Wars license into like some gaming grades. Now they have an exclusive contract with Disney to develop Star Wars games, and the only thing they've made is Star Wars Battlefront 1 and Star Wars Battlefront 2. <clears throat> and um, they, do have, they have made a bunch of mobile games, but otherwise, everything else, like trying to make like a big deal Star Wars experience, that hasn't happened, despite the fact that they uh, developed Ragtag, on, uh, codename Ragtag at Visceral Studios, and they made... Uh, codename Orca at EA Motive, their Montreal-based studio. So there's been a lot of like aborted projects underneath uh, EA's uh, run, mm. and the, what's making it even more like complicated for them is that when they released Battlefront Two, uh, they were supposed to implement some microtransactions. But when the press and the fans got wind of how the microtransactions work, they were not happy, and it cost it cost EA to not even implement the microtransactions, which is funny because, as I mentioned before in this podcast, uh, a lot of people think there are still are heavy pay-to-win microtransactions in Battlefront 2, which there are not. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they didn't get the launch with them. That's how bad it got. And it was one of the like big incidents or big controversies of early 2018 that caused uh, legislators to really investigate loot boxes. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So this is, and Disney and EA like to play polite about this. Like uh, Disney says, oh, it keeps saying that they're happy with EA, which seems really weird. And Are they? Yeah, they say <laughs> what they 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 you look it up, look it up. They will t- they, there are press releases and there are statements from uh, Disney executives saying that they are happy with the franchise right now. And I'm like, you know okay, that, that is that is. That is some thick-skinned, thick-faced kind of like, you know, bald-faced 
I don't know what you call it. No, well, I don't know. Like the reception is bad towards like in recent years. But if they're just showing them the numbers that, you know, hey, we you know, we sold this much, you know, like the numbers cuz for example, just to have one example, Battlefront 2 was a shit show, but I'm sure it sold. Yeah. Not as, yeah. What, not as what they expected, but they they sold millions for sure. Just like how on one did, even though that yeah, was but a I shit have- show as well. But I have to remind you that companies are not happy with making a lot of money. They want to make all the money possible. So well, yeah. But I'm just Bal- saying that, when, like, whatever, whatever the the execs from EA said, they were able to twist it in a, in a sense, you know, with what they had when it came out. And I'm not really that surprised by that. I think and, at this at this point, this is kind of like those weird situations where Disney would Disney could arguably say that they're not happy with the license. But if they did that, it would stain the relationship they have with EA, and it would also make all other future EA Star Wars games, for as long as the contract runs, damaged. Imagine, imagine if Disney said, by the way, we're not happy with Star Wars, and then the, the EA says, here's a Star Wars game. Would you buy that game? You would have a big question mark. I would have a big question mark. Yeah. Right? So they have True. to... They have to say that, mm-hmm. but because of that relationship, because of that uh, failure to deliver on EA's part, and the stain of the microtransactions sort of like besmirching the brand of Battle of Star Wars to a, to some degree, there is a great incentive between Lucas Lucas Disney and EA to really collaborate together to make this work to the best of their ability, and if that means sort of forcing EA's hand away from some of its worst practices, that's what they're going to do. You know what's actually pretty funny? That um, when I, I was like all in when I, when I played uh, Star Wars Battlefront 1. Um, when I played the beta, like as, as just a fan, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, this is, oh, I loved it. I played it. So I bought it on day one. Ooh. And not to realize that I played 50% of the game in beta. <laughs> So only that alone, that alone kind of yeah. like shifted me away from the sequel. And then when I saw the, the shit show that happened with their, with, the, with their microtransactions, I was just like giggling and I just couldn't stop giggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but here now we have a new game with not any more dice. This is now Respawn Entertainment. They, this studio seems to be very thick skinned. They seem to be like they're making what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah and I've talked we're talking about. I, sorry, and I and I've talked about this before, like to your point, which is that uh, we had a conversation about uh, Bioware recently, about how I personally feel that some of the things that in in Bioware could have been avoided if either a they had the spine to stand up to EA leadership and say. Look, I respect your suggestions of what we're supposed to do to align with your corporate goals, but we can't do them because that would be making like the games that we don't want to make or games that we believe that will not be successful. They could have done that, or they could have at least had like somebody in their leadership who has that kind of spine, and it, that's not there. And I feel like in the case of Respawn Entertainment, after Titanfall 2 sort of like, you know, Titanfall 2, as you remember, was released in a bad release window, and it it's a game that was so crushed by that bad release window that Vince Sambella, the CEO of, of, of uh, Respawn Entertainment, Respawn, mm-hmm. yeah. you, there, is, there is published evidence of him rolling his eyes next to EA publicists. 
Like at one yeah. point, he said something like uh, he was with an EA publicist and they were talking about Titanfall's release, which was just maybe two weeks or three weeks out. And the sales were not very good and everybody knew it. And mm-hmm. the EA publicist was saying like, oh, you know, we believe this and we believe that. And, you know, we're really committed to the Titanfall franchise. And Vince Bella says in this in this words, he says, whatever the fuck that means. And he rolled his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Yeah, because it's actually well, just just add a, just add he's, more ba- he's basically he's basically saying what's his thanks EA for fucking my game. Yeah. <laughs> to add more context, because uh, Titanfall One came out in March. It, it came out in the first quarter, and that it did reasonably well. It did reasonably well, and it was only out on PC and Xbox One. Yeah. Um. Okay, window. And then we have Titanfall 2, which is now a multi-platform game. Much more um, fleshed out. Single-player campaign. Multiplayer. Mm-hmm. All, the th- all the bells and whistles that everybody complained about in the first game. And then it comes out, I think, a week or two before Battlefield, Battlefield yeah. 1. Yeah, that's the thing about that game. And then, of course, sales were small or yeah. low. Everyone's because everyone's going to play Battlefield. No, no, no one's gonna play. No, not just Battlefield One. We're talking about Call of Duty also happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like super yeah. crowded. Like it's just, it's just, it's just an icing on the cake because like, oh, EA wants to fight each other. Okay, <laughs> sure. Three, three, three shooters. I don't get it. Yeah. Three multiplayer shooters. Which one do I buy? How about the one which all my friends are on already? Yeah, that is. <laughs> when I was uh, excited about Titanfall Two, I was like, okay, it might become it'll come out in March. You know, it'll definitely come out. It makes more sense it'll come out in March. Yeah. No, it does not come out in March. They don't mm-hmm. know how it works. So, you know, it with that with that history and then now they are doing well and then the reaction of the CEO, you know. I am um, and of course the the quality of their games, um, even with how Apex how they're even dealing with Apex Legends, you know what I mean? Yeah. I am yeah, very, well, very optimistic about their take on a single player only title. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I want to close off yeah. that discussion of, like, of, like, the whole history of Titanfall 2. Like, I just want to sort of condense that and basically just say that, you know, uh, Respawn has accumulated so much bad blood from EA and goodwill from its own products that they're kind of like, all right, listen, you want us to do a Star Wars game? Then we'll do a Star Wars game, but we have to do it this way. We have to do it with tools we respect. We have to do it mm. uh, um, without that live service stuff that you that you guys are so obsessed about, and we have to do it on the terms that Disney really wants. Like all of this stuff, I feel like this is this is what happens when you have a studio that has the wherewithal and the balls to stand up to EA. And I don't mean like yeah. some kind of revolutionary resistance. It's just that if you are even if you are a wholly owned studio, even if your studio is wholly owned by some corporate leadership. It also behooves you to say, well, yeah, but I have to also do the best. I have to represent my department as best as I can and do what I believe like best benefits them and all of us in EA. And it also helps that they've had the same bullshit. Like they've experienced the same bullshit during their Activision days when they were developing Call of Duty. So. Yeah. Respawn know so they, like respawn oh, knows thanks. how to handle this kind of stuff. Or the, 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 I, I, the top the top honchos yeah. are the ones who are very experienced yeah. with that bullshit. Yeah. 
I actually really appreciate you supplying that context, Migs, because I I was not aware of that. I mean, I'm I'm dimly aware of that they mm-hmm. had relationships with with with, with Activision, yeah. but yeah. Uh, no, yeah. If you, well, have, if, you like, have, if you have if you have leaders who are who 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 can take it who can take the adversity mm-hmm. for the team, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not necessarily like saying fuck you to corporate masters or right. it's not necessarily saying like you know being difficult to work with it's just basically saying you have a strong personality who can negotiate between the creative side and the business side mm-hmm. and that benefits to respond the most especially when they definitely have the kind of leverage that you know that that puts them in a the position of saying hey uh why not why don't we not fuck titanfall and also why don't we make you a star wars game that will g- benefit all of us and yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, we don't have any other details about this moving forward. We don't have any like, hey, we're gonna show us gameplay footage. In actually, you know what? We're probably gonna see it, and e- we're pretty much like a couple of months away from E3, so I think that's the best time we'll be. We'll see something. Get, as I mentioned right. in the article I wrote for our our site, TooMuchGaming.net, um, it's you. most like <laughs> it's most likely that we're going to see <laughs> some gameplay footage on EA Play 2019, which is the EA press conference and event. That happens about a day or two before a oh, yeah. proper. So yeah. expect yeah, some. I like, I like our synergy. I like our synergy. That we did mm-hmm. I was hoping you'd do that and you did it. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. Oh, speaking of EA. Yeah, speaking of more EA and Bioware. Because <laughs> I just realized that our, our, our topics for this week. Actually, I didn't even mention the start of the episode. Because with all EA, we talk about you know the, the, the latest from Respawn. And we got more. F- um, Info of Bioware's next project, or not info, more more of actually more context of the troubled uh, journey with Bioware in between their other projects with the Andromeda with Anthem. Because if you if you were, I'm sure you guys are all aware, well aware. Um, Jason Schreier had a big expose on exactly what happened in Anthem. So before anything else, I highly suggest you check that out because it's a great read. It might take a long time, but it's definitely worth the, your time. And if you want to hear our thoughts on it, you know, check out episode one eight seven because we pretty much talk about all of the big, uh, the big ones, the big bombshells that came out of that expose or that rather that article. And then of course, Jason Schreier follows it up with his information about the upcoming game for Bioware, which is Dragon Age four, and. Yeah, thanks to all the, in a nutshell, or no, just to start it off, that's not a very smooth um, production for that f- game, for Dragon Age 4. Yeah. Thanks to so, Mass Effect Andromeda, thanks to Anthem. Yeah. And it's another, um, when I was reading that article, it's pretty much more of a, uh-huh, yeah, Bioware cannot do multiple projects, it seems, at the same time. Because yeah. of this little thing, uh... Bioware Magic, which I guess if you guys haven't, if you don't know what it means, I really suggest you read the expose. But yeah, Bioware Magic, the whole crunch time. They, I'm really just kind of worried about how Dragon Age Four will develop because the team that is in charge of making this um, RPG is just being tossed around left and right based on Jason Schreier's yeah. article. Yeah, am I right, Mick? Uh, Matt? Yeah, yeah, it's not great. Now, before I proceed, I would like to remind everybody that uh, this episode is. Uh, sponsored by Origin. Um, if you enter an offer code in, you can get thirty percent off 
uh, EA Access Three Premier. Three <laughs> percent. <laughs> no, 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 guys. I'm not. I didn't even give you didn't even your, your joke didn't even give two percent more <laughs> than the usual. Wait, wait, this is for real. Like, like EA stuff. Like, there, like there's a sale right now in Origin. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. I went to know. He was joking. That's why I was like pulling off the fact that he went for three percent instead of a five percent. Like I said, I said thirty percent. Thirty percent. Oh, he said thirty. Okay, never mind. I was even, I was even yeah, listening. It's kind of generous for, for, for origin standards, to be honest. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. But no, for real. What? What? So basically, in, in the process of investigating and reporting on Anthem, by Schreier's own account, he received a lot of information about Dragon Age and um, what ultimately the story that he's telling here in his article is about how they're trying to make Dragon Age but as you said Carlos they're being bounced around all the time to address different projects and that has sort of like taken the wind out of their sails in making Dragon Age to an extent that they have cancelled the previous version of Dragon Age uh, its code name Joplin yeah, uh, it was supposed to be centered around uh, the Tevinter Imperium. Uh, yeah, mm. because if you play Dragon Age Inquisition, if you play Dragon Age Two, they're always talking about Orle. Yeah, yeah, and Orle plays heavily in Dragon Age Inquisition. In Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, characters talk a lot about the Tevinter Imperium and what what life is like there in a place where you know the religion is different, the attitude towards magic is very different. You know, that's I'm a not, that's a wizard ruled country, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying. that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's a wizard ruled country. Um, their 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 pope their their divine is uh is male instead of female. You know, I don't want to get too deep into weeds about the lore here for people who aren't necessarily massive hardcore Dragon Age fans. But, but essentially, but, like their their concept for the next Dragon Age was supposed to be a good spin like not, not the yeah. same thing mm-hmm. like what you expect yeah. from Inquisition was like an open world massive yeah. game this one's actually more contained and focused on um, espionage and yep. choices Heist. and consequences and and heists um, and heists Heist. they, they said Whoa. heists they really? said Dragon Age and heists how can you say those two words in the same time but that's what they were you know thinking of I mean, doing I mean Fast and Furious can do it any, any game well do the it anyway. <laughs> Miguel has well, a yeah. <laughs> that's true. No, but my my point is like that's that was the concept they were going for for this version of Dragon Age Four, but sadly that's already canceled. So they have yeah. a new version. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, the thing about the thing about that prod about the whole Dragon Age development team is that the intention was that because if you if you've ever read about like how Dragon Age Inquisition was made, it suffered from the similar Bioware magic that uh, Carlos yeah. has been describing, yeah. which is basically that. Everything just kind of like was rushed towards the end, and it was a miracle that it actually turned out good. Mm-hmm. And so when they started Dragon Age Four project, they were saying things like, "All right, guys, we're not going to do that again." We're yeah, they were plan. trying to prevent that <laughs> shit from happening. Like, yeah. here's a complete vision. Let's stick with it. Let's yeah, do they, it. I, I love. I love, so, I love some of the things they say. For example, they said like. We are no longer going to be stalled by executive decision-making process. Right. We're going to empower everybody so that making the second best decision is better than making no decision at all. That's something that comes up in the piece. Uh. Or, yeah, yeah. So all that stuff, like, they really want to make things happen. But then suddenly there'll be all hands on deck situation to fix up Mass Effect Andromeda. So the entire team has to, like, slow down and make that, make that happen. In fact... 
if you play Mass Effect Andromeda to the end, there, 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 and there's credits, there's a credit section in the credits called the Dragon Age Finishing Team. Right? Yep, yep. Finaling uh, team. Finaling. Finally, sorry, finaling team. <laughs> no, and no, I want to I wanna put in more of that context with the fact that once... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, when I say this. Um, when once Inquisition ended, the DA team didn't go in to jump in to drop to codename Joplin. Like the, the, the whole team going, no, no, no. They, they half that team. So That's half right. of that team went to Andromeda and the other half, I think a small portion of them, started uh, producing you know, the whole spies concept for Codename Joplin. So, well, that seems like a natural consequence of how teams are managed in, 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 in video game studios that try to juggle multiple pro- projects, which is that by the time you're going to pre-production phase or into concept phase, you need a smaller team than you actually have to make the whole game, and the other team gets like reassigned to a project that is already in full scale, like ramp is, is already ramping up. And remember, this is... This is right. the the Bioware Edmonton studio is the one that that develops Dragon Age, the Bioware main headquarters. And anybody who's followed the development of Mass Effect Andromeda knows that it was developed by Montreal, but then later got the involvement of the Edmonton team. So it's kind of like, you know, you follow the whole story of Bioware from from 2012 to 2019, and you see where everything like sort of all the pieces line up. So it's not quite an anomaly, but definitely like, you know, they needed to like reassign everything if they were going to be efficient. The problem was that this was a pattern that kept happening, which is that yep. when, when, when Andromeda needed Edmonton people and then it finished, suddenly Anthem was the, the new Edmonton project and that needed to be finished as well. So, you know, even if Bioware Edmonton had plans for Dragon Age and clear visions and clear ideas and wanted to prototype, wanted to make sure that they had working tools for their everything ahead of time, it would keep getting derailed by these kind of emergencies, and next thing you know, they couldn't get start. They just couldn't get started until, as you say, Carlos, they got canceled and the project got canceled and replaced by another version of Dragon Age Four. What's the code name for this one? I forgot it, the latest. It's called. One. It's called Morrison. I believe it's named after Jim Morrison, but as I'd like to think it was named after Tony Morrison, but that's just me. <laughs> oh yeah, but this it's, one. Um, I think this is this this reboot this version this reboot version of it. Um, at first, they were actually talking about how to greatly implement how to make it like sell months from now, months after release. They're talking about some live service because that's how EA's um, mindset is right now with most of their games, where there has to be a, some kind of a live service um, component that would help them sell in the long run and. That's something that they've been playing around with since the reboot, and yeah, remember, and thanks to um, and not thanks, but more like um, with that kind of like I think Bioware's only sense of multiplayer before was that that survival multiplayer in Dragon Age Three, and <laughs> that wouldn't cut it, and so people were like wondering if you know, I think now people. Are, or, um, I mean, Casey Hunton has told people that there's going to be more story-driven and more focused, and I think they're steering away from that now. I think, okay, here's the thing. I think it's important, as, as a disclaimer for all of us here who are sitting on the sidelines as pundits and, and, and consumers and readers, to be aware that uh, even Schreier has stressed that this isn't to say that Dragon Age 4 is doomed, only that Dragon Age 4 has experienced trouble in trying to 
get started even before they begun. You know what I mean? Right. Or, and 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 uh, it's also important to know that the Dragon Age team has admitted that even they don't know what Dragon Age Four will really look like at the end. Like right now, they're going towards live services. Right now, they're going towards some kind of multiplayer functionality. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be Anthem with dragons, mm. but 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 by the Bioware's team, they're, they're they're still going like, oh, okay, we don't know what it is, but we have to do these things. We just we don't know what it's going to look like, but we have to do these things. So that's something that we need to be very cautious about before we judge too harshly. Um, right. And it's also important to know that one of the things that has always been bothering the Dragon Age team is that they would make these DLCs, but nobody would really play them. And that kind of sucks for them because when they were making Dragon Age Inquisition, they were making the tools, they were making their pipeline, and this is common to all developers. Like, sometimes games are made while they're being made. You get what I'm saying? Like, like, like there's a, a metaphor I see a lot in game development. They talk about it. They, think, they say, like, making a video game is like trying to film a movie while building the camera. <laughs> right. And so now that... So one of the things that makes uh, developers very proud of is their DLC because they usually consider their highest quality work in terms of story, in terms of design, because they're no longer obsessed with building tools and they're no longer obsessed with learning about the tools. They're, they're just, they're just focused, you know. yeah, they're just focused on making the games and designing the games and writing them and, and creating them. And that can be a very invigorating like stage in the creative process. So it kind of sucks when they have to start all over again when they make new games. And, and, I, and I honestly, as a consumer, from from me for myself, like. I really hate that kind of like as much as you know that's the process. I really hate that because I am not a person that buys DLC. Um, yeah. At all. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's that's exactly that's exactly a concern. Uh, that, and which is it's, why it's, like um, it's people it's, like you. It's, it's people mm. like you that uh, that they talked about actually, which is that uh, they had a they knew that even though they made the DLC, they would look at their numbers and they say like the number of people who buy DLC are not are, is very low because they're already on to the next big thing. And something that they've been thinking about is how games as a service is a way of being able to make DLC-like story chunks uh, well at the time, well ahead of learning the tools, while also being able to ensure that the most number of players are able to enjoy them when they're bundled into the experience. But good. Well, we don't know exactly the full details of what's happening with Bible right now because they have a lot of things to fix. Is there that's another? What is, there, is there another project that actually will be will be tied in with um, with Dragon Age Four? They still also have like what uh, Anthem being fixed. I don't know mm -hmm. if they are actually thinking about a new Mass Effect or even a new title. We don't even know. But the thing is, um, Dragon Age uh, Bioware not, is now in a point where I I like to think that Bioware is in a point where this is their last big hurrah, whatever <laughs> the last big problem for me because it really is. Like I don't know if they can have enough enough fuel to actually do another Mass Effect after Andromeda. Um, depends on how well Anthem does as well, and if this Dragon Age Four does not uh, produce the same reception like what they got out of Mass Effect when they first released Mass Effect, mm -mm. or even when Inquisition, how how successful Inquisition is, it's gonna be very, it's gonna be. Uh, can I say grim? I don't know. Just worrisome. Rather. Okay, I'm, I'm, worrisome. I'm, I'm gonna say this, which is that. About a week ago, I shared your assessment, maybe even more deeply, which is that 
I would run around say things like Bioware is dead to me, and I don't really care about the next Dragon Age. I mean, yeah, I think you said that to one of my posts like like yesterday or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I want, I want, I want these games to succeed, obviously, but I'm not gonna hold my breath waiting for it. That's that, that's the thing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like there are reports now that there are meetings like every Wednesday, I think now at the Bioware office where they're trying to be all like. They're trying to figure out how to fix their problems. Like, I think what happened there is that, and I'm I'm operating on a level of good faith here again, which is that I think these expose this, these articles have been like a cold, like a cold shower waking up kind of moment for Bioware. Good. Uh, yeah, which is great. Which is great. And so, you know, they they're really focused now. Casey Hudson is really focused on trying to figure out where how they can repair these problems that are now so like openly known by the rest of the press and the rest of the pundits out there and the hope is that they figure out a solution or they figure out uh, a series of choices that will help bring them back on track not just not just from a project perspective for us consumers who want good games but also from a mental health and employment perspective because you know the fact that there are the Bioware developers crying in the closet and being forced to take like psychological leave is really worrying and probably isn't very good for the health of the company. Good games or bad games. Yep, and that's pretty much like a big update with Dragon Age or even Bioware in general. Um, we'll see what 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 else Jason Schreier has in store for us next week on the TMG podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot, just... and the reason why the reason why actually we brought this back in is simply because. This is AAA games development, and when Jason Schreier's article came out, there's a lot of developers who were saying, mm-hmm, kind, of, kind of feels familiar, and um, I just want to point out even, I want to express that even more, that, you know, that that's, this is how troublesome it can yeah. be, or how bad it can get. I just want and Dragon Age 4 to be good, man. I just want Dragon Age 4s with spies now, that's what I want. I don't want, I don't want any more Corypheus and all that weak villain stuff yeah but yeah. but how about that solos huh yeah how about that fucking that okay. fucking egg yeah. <laughs> but there you go uh let us know what you think about um the current development or the current the the latest in bioware um again i really highly suggest you read the expose on that <laughs> or listen to really our last episode since we talked about it in a good uh-huh. few minutes or a good chunk of it <clears> in the past episode and as well, you know, with how the new game on Respawn Entertainment. I want to let you know what you think about it. And I think that's it for 188. Yeah. Everybody, please send, please send us memes of, 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 of Dragon Age, of, 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 of Respawn, of uh, Fallen Order. We would love to see those. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the TMG Podcast. The TMG Podcast is made available for your listening via anchor.fm. You can also listen to this and other episodes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, and other podcasting listening apps. So, also for game reviews, or yeah, or everywhere, yeah. or any of your preferred listening apps right now. And of course, for gaming reviews, features, and articles, you can visit our website www.toomuchgaming.net. You can also visit us on Facebook at dash too much gaming. On Twitter at Too Much Gaming and in our YouTube channel, youtube.com/tmgblog. 
our our different I don't know our different well, yeah. named uh, social media page. Yeah, that's a story for another time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the address. And yeah, we're, we're we have a lot on the website. We have a lot also in terms of videos. There's a lot happening. Um, we just I think Matt, you release your your review on New Dawn and YouTube's already back on, so we actually have videos too. But just actually, oh yeah, right. Yeah, so we have a lot. Of, we have a lot of content. So check it out. Yeah, and uh, um, if you guys want to learn more about how our social media got to be this way, you can pick up our spin-off comic, "Too Much Gaming: Colon Origins," published by uh, Dark Horse Comics, coming out next month. Nice. Thank you, Dark Horse. <laughs> what? <laughs> also, don't forget, <laughs> we are going to E three. We're not yeah, going baby. to E3.